Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, and am delighted to welcome Marisha Ducharme, author of The Way to Love, who shows us ways in these challenging, changing times to embrace our inner sense of knowing or soul wisdom and to try to find peace, well-being, happiness, and be part of a move to higher or towards higher consciousness. Hello, Marisha, and thank you for joining us today on Healing from Within. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Marisha, as listeners of Healing from Within now have come to expect, my guests and I share our intimate stories as we continue to remember, embrace, and reflect on the true nature of physical and spiritual energetic life. It is through developing spiritual awareness and spiritual practices that we may allow greater love, compassion, and peace to enter our busy, complicated, daily physical world and our life. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Marisha, to a charm, author of The Way Home to Love, suggests we ask the question, if Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, and the Divine Mother were to meet in conversation, what would each think of the other spiritual points of view? Marisha has been engaged in a long dialogue between the many comparative traditions and distills the essence of unity and love held within the heart that is really the foundation of all spiritual traditions. We will explore what is universally sacred and how to find within ourselves a wellspring of love and peace. Marisha, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person or a place or event that may have alerted them or people around them uh, to their, possibly, their life plan or destiny. For I believe we enter this life with a unique itinerary or plan to have experiences and growth that feed our inner soul life. So think back for a minute. Well, for me, it's, it's very, um, it's always been very clear and, and dear and near to my heart because when I was a very young woman, a uh, young girl, actually, I was probably four, five, six, and seven, we had a neighbor whose name was Mrs. Duprat. And Mrs. Duprat was, um, she was more or less a recluse, and all of the children in the neighborhood were afraid of her. They called her a witch, and um, uh, they would taunt her if she came out into her yard. So she didn't like children at all, but she liked me. And uh, she invited me in all of the time, and I spent a great deal of time. And now later in life, I realize that I absorbed so much from her energetically. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on when she died, my parents bought her house from the state, and it, we found out when I was about 14 years old that Mrs. Duprat and I shared the same birthday. And even later than that, um, my mother showed me a whole trunk full of books uh, she was very much into uh, consciousness and spirituality. She had books on, you know, consciousness and dream work and all sorts of things. So she really, she really influenced me. And uh, my grandmother, my mother's mother, 
um, also, she was a, an herbal wise woman. Whenever we were sick, she mixed something up in a mortar and pestle and put it with, you know, various things, and we were treated holistically uh, all the time. And she was very strongly into, you know, the signs, reading the signs that the universe was giving us. So I, I had I had the influence of two elder wise women for myself. I was very fortunate. Isn't that beautiful? And you know, my first book is Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. when you were telling that story, uh, you were you were so, of course, there are no coincidences. It was part of your plan and destiny and to have someone like that to guide you from such an early age. And she knew your energy. She felt it. And, and you appreciated hers. It, it was nothing about age or... Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing to know, and I see that I have a granddaughter who's like that, who seems to love to be with adults, me in particular, mm. and I'm an energy healer and medium, and she seems to yeah. be drawn to want to show me things and listen to me, and, and so that you tell that story, it makes me very, very happy to hear that. Yeah. 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 So we're, it's a very we're, special, special thing. And it also shows that, that there is a rhyme and reason to everybody's destiny and life plan and where we're born and who's there to guide us and be with us on our soul's journey. So it's a beautiful story. Let's go on mm -hmm. to tell us about the Snow Dragon Sanctuary in Meredith, New Hampshire, and your practice of unity in con consciousness. Well, uh, Snow Dragon Sanctuary is here on Snow Dragon Mountain. It's a beautiful mountain in the lakes region of, in central New Hampshire. And um, we have a contemplative uh, center here so that we have classes on meditation and uh, healing. We do uh, contemplative retreats. And I do, you know, a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with people. And, um, and then I'm, of I'm also writing a lot, a lot these days. So Snow Dragon is beautiful. It's, uh, it's got a lot of beautiful vistas of the mountains and the lakes around us, and it's a, it's just a wonderful place uh, for healing. How did it's you get there? Very... How did you find it? How oh. did you get there? <laughs> I got there through guidance. I, uh, I used to live three miles down the road. I had a healing center down there for many, many years. And one day I saw some uh, uh, surveyors outside uh, on the other property next to me. And I just said, oh, who's, you know, who are you surveying? And they said, my neighbors. But anyway, it prompted me uh, about a week later to get in my car and to kind of go up the road uh, a few miles and just kind of wander around. But I was feeling very guided. And I found this this little hand, uh, cardboard handwritten sign that said land for sale mm. and I called I called the number and I thought well I might as well buy the Empire State Building <laughs> and then I just <laughs> I filed it away and then later on I told my husband about it and one day we were going out for a ride and we just decided to come up here and the land had land had been heavily logged but we hiked up to one of the first vistas of the mountain and I turned around and I instantly knew that we were going to be there. And both of us, even though the mountain needed so much, uh, you know, uh, care at that point, we, we could see, we could see it all. We could see 
that we would restore the fields and we would remove the stumps and we could see how what we would be working on. And so a whole series of events, you know, the, I was told by Spirit who to contact for 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 financing. Oh, I, I would wonderful. Never have, yeah. I would have never come up with it on my own in a million years. And when I called this, this friend, I asked him to come over, and he said, what makes you think I have that kind of money? <laughs> <laughs> and I... I didn't. I didn't say. Well, spirit told me. I just said. I don't know. I just thought I'd, you know, see if, if you did. And he did. And he was very interested in. Uh, he said. He said to me, "I made a decision when I was a young man that I wanted my money to earn money." So mm. he um, he financed the uh, buying the mountain. Wow. And and we yeah we were able to come here and uh, so everything was in support of this uh, you know of this. Uh, project and well, and coming here yeah i believe that what's right and must be will be i believe that wholeheartedly yeah. let me just tell our listeners uh marisha holds degrees in teaching educational holistic and macrobiotic counseling and energy medicine she's a firekeeper of the sweat lodge and trained extensively in eastern medicine and in 1984 she was initiated into the kundalini shaktpat tradition in 2000, she established the sanctuary, the mountain retreat we're talking about here, open to all faiths and traditions. And uh, you have spent pretty much a lifetime being involved and fo- following the signs to advance spiritual, your own spiritual growth and the spiritual growth of those around you. So that's a wonderful thing. But let's go on to, yeah. please, please tell us what you feel Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Mohammed, and the Divine Mother would discuss and how they would view each other's spiritual points of view. Right now in modern time, I mean, it wouldn't be any different. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, the traditions are, are, are really amazing. Uh, first, I want to say that, that Christ was not a Christian and Buddha was not a Buddhist because uh, those religions were formed after those masters walked upon the earth. But their essence and their teachings were so similar. And if we look at if we look at what emerged from their teachings into the various religions that formed, you know, Christianity brought forth the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. uh, and so and Buddha Buddhism brought forth the Eightfold Path. And in the yogic traditions, the the yamas and the niyamas, which were uh, like the commandments and the eightfold path. So I think I think that um, they would all be in agreement with the essence of uh, healing, the essence of light, and the essence of love. And in those traditions, uh, the wording or the descriptions might be slightly different, but they all have a contemplative practice of prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. They also they also describe ways ways for transformation. In uh, in Buddhism, it's called tumo, and in yoga, it's called tapas, and and that's when the the internal spiritual fire um, creates the transformation uh, within us. When through various observances and practices, we build that internal spiritual fire, it helps us to be able to transform. So I I really found that with studying. And practicing that there was so much similarity in everything, and if you stripped away the the dogma and the doctrine, the essence was was wholly the same. 
And that's what I always say to people also. It's in the essence of the truth and the oneness and unity. It doesn't matter the different traditions. They really all seek to awaken us to our soul potential, to be connected and interconnected to all of life and to spirit and to the goodness within us. Of course, you know, we have the shadow side too, uh, but we should try and should strive for the goodness that we really are and the love that we really are. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, they didn't bring religion and they didn't bring structure. They brought right. the, the truth of who we are and uh, the eternal nature of life. So in the forward to the book, uh, this was written, and I liked it very much. In your own way and at your own pace, you are walking the path of love. That means you have inside of you a call to grow and to expand and to be a beautiful person, a good person. But how do we answer that call? Is there any way to find ourselves at home in this world and not be pulled this way and that by the challenges of our own lives as well as the crises that arise everywhere around us? The great masters would tell us that what may feel like separation can be brought into a place of unity, wholeness, and peace. They would tell us that the kingdom of heaven is within, and this is the fundamental consciousness of the messages from every spiritual tradition. What we are searching for is already within us. And it goes yeah. on. Yeah, and, it, go, and mm -hmm. it goes on. So I would strive for our listeners to... Look for the similarities more than the differences. Our world right now is consumed with separation and blame and anger and judgment. And we need to look past that and find the similarities because we're all part of the same burst of energy and life that brought us into this physical life. So uh, we're going to hope that we can all get back to knowing that. So let's go on to, we might like to think about how we may merge the needs of our physical life with the needs of our inner soul life, because we do have to abide by our ego and our physical thoughts and also our spiritual or inner wisdom or soul wisdom. But how do we merge these and move forward to higher awareness and consciousness without losing anything? Because there's really nothing to be lost, only things to be found. How would you suggest that? Well, I, I think that um, uh, a spiritual journey, a soul journey, means that we are really allowing ourselves to go from unconsciousness to consciousness. And so, I think if we can, if we can realize that we are both, we we are the obstruction, which is unconscious, and we are the way, which is higher consciousness. And so, once we once we understand that we have these unconscious forces, we can begin to do the practices that that really transform that unconsciousness into consciousness. And and we learn that, you know, we don't judge ourselves, we don't judge anybody else, um, but through the practices and the observances, we can undergo transformation. And And then, whether it's an unconscious force or whether it's a conscious force, it doesn't really matter. We begin to kind of accept who we are in, in totality. So who we are on an ego level and who we are on a higher spiritual level begins to merge, and we become very authentic and very natural that way. 
Mm-hmm. And you mentioned in your book a teacher. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Michio Kushi. Yes, okay. And that he taught mm-hmm. you a very, very important lesson about the world of duality. What was that for our, our listeners to know? Well, it was, uh, it was probably the most foundational lesson I learned, which is that, you know, we tend to think in linear ways that things are right or wrong mm-hmm. or they're good or they're bad and uh, put things on a very linear plane. But the truth is, is that um, non-duality, uh, again, kind of ascending from the world of duality, brings us into a place that, ex- that is so large it accepts both. Mm. It accepts both black and white. It, expe- it, it, it accepts both, you know, uh, yes. unconsciousness and consciousness. And it, it accepts it without judgment. It accepts it as experience. It just it observes and accepts it as is. Yeah, that's very, yeah. very well said. When he started to really talk about that and teach about that, and again, uh, his direction was that, you know, it's inside of us. I found that very exciting because... Uh, that meant that I had, um, you know, I had everything I needed. I just had to do the work. And so I, I found that very, very exciting. Yes, it is. And you told a very cute story. You told a story in the book about a man who was, uh, who had cancer and was seeking ways to heal himself. And after receiving dietary recommendations, uh, the man said at the end of the day, he still wanted to sit down and have a scotch. <laughs> so your teacher just, <laughs> just laughed and said, when you drink the scotch, sing songs and be happy. <laughs> so he didn't tell him not to do it. He told it to, to do it without joy and guilt and fear and negativity, and it would be all right. Yeah. And that And that's... That's the real truth of everything in our life. If we do it with the right attitude, everything goes much better. How will yes. reading this book benefit readers? What can they well, find? I, I, well, I hope that, that um, if they read this book and they, they really think about uh, that the kingdom of heaven is within, and if they really do realize that everything they're looking for, they already have. It's, you know, the gift has already been given and the blessing has already been bestowed. The things that get in our way are the, the kind of knots and ties of unconsciousness and karma that we have to untie and unknot as we go so that we can be, you know, we can be grateful and we can begin to, um, we can begin to see something about what this all means. So if I can hopefully inspire anybody to, you know, enter spiritual practice and, and, begin a journey then then that serves the real purpose of the book yes and i think readers will find the gift of life and energy and that happiness is not something we seek it's it's created by everything we are and do and uh and that they'll improve their interaction with themselves personally first and then with others. Uh, they will understand that uh, slowing down, uh, sometimes seeing the beauty in life and meditation and being in a beautiful place like you've been able to create, it was already a beautiful place, but you're part of it now, is, is, is part of that gift of life. It's there for us, but we have to allow ourselves to receive it 
and enjoy it. It's like, you know, the law of karma or the law of attraction, actually. What you give out returns to you. And uh, this is something many people, for many reasons, are afraid uh, to accept in their life. They find fault with themselves and others. And uh, we have to learn to let that go because it's not a reality. It's not a reality of the mystery of life or spirit, and it's not something uh, that serves us very well. So how is personal guidance actually received? How can we suggest to our listeners, well, many may be aware of, of some of this, but but where are we receiving some of this inner downloading of information or inspiration or greater love or um, trust? Where is it coming from? Well, each each human being, we, we, we have a physical constitution we also have an energetic and vibrational constitution and held within our vibrational constitution is a vibrational organ which is called the feeling center uh, in the east it's called the dantian and the feeling center is located just outside of the solar plexus and i often say that you know it's like a spider web the spider can be in, in an upper right hand corner far far away from her but if, if a bug gets on the web, it, that, that bug's movement registers on her, uh, on her web and she, she knows that, mm-hmm. that something is there. It's the same thing with guidance. When, when we are being guided, um, the feeling center is very subtle, but when we, when we learn that it's there and we begin to listen to it, to be aware of it, we can then start to feel the tweaks that are coming, the signs, the signals, you know, the feelings are very clear. Sometimes when we're trying to make a decision and if we actually stop and try to feel what it feels like, it'll feel very clear and open. So, you know, that's a yes to proceed. Sometimes we'll be trying to make a decision, but if we just stop and feel, we'll feel like, oh, it doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. So then we know, we know it's a no, it's a it's a red light, and so the feeling center um, is there in every human being, and it can be developed. You know, just like if you wanted to get in shape physically, you would undergo a exercise program. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives. If you want to develop yourself, there are ways to refine your um, spiritual awareness so that you can become more. Uh, more integrated with spirit and a very aware of the signs and signals that are really guiding us for our own benefit every day, yes, all the time. Yes, and I think that golden center, sometimes I refer to it as the seat of the soul. It's a spot for uh, self-confidence and um, self-esteem and also for knowing your spiritual nature and your dreams and goals spiritual goals and and you wrote trusting love is symbolized by the beauty of the perpetually blooming rose there is a golden center in each rose and the golden center reminds us to still the mind breathe in beauty accept everything and trust the love in which we immerse ourselves so that's that's really giving giving the whole scope of what is possible to connect to mm-hmm. our spiritual wisdom from this golden center. What is mm-hmm. witness consciousness? 
you talk about that? So, mm-hmm. Witness consciousness is, uh, so in meditation, when we begin to learn how to sit and sit in, in silence, uh, what we do is we close our eyes so that we're closing off our outer senses and we are going inside. We're beginning the inner journey. And so we close our eyes and then uh, we begin to breathe. And I have a very simple but profound uh, breathing uh, meditation in the book and technique. And we begin to breathe in and out and we begin to uh, focus on the sound and the sensation of the breath. And as we continue uh, going in, journeying in, we find that there is a place within us again. It's an energetic place that lives inside each human being. And it's the ability to actually observe ourselves without any judgment. So if I'm sitting in meditation, say that I've uh, just had a fight with my sister (laughs) and I'm feeling upset. If If I sit in meditation, I can observe the feelings that are arising within me because of the circumstance. I can, um, uh, through the breath, I can neither express, so I don't have to, you know, process it and talk about it or scream and yell, nor do I suppress it. I don't pretend that it doesn't feel bad. It does feel bad. But what we do is we become neutral. The witness watches what is, simply watches what arises, feels everything that arises. And then by applying the breath constantly in and out and staying in the state of meditation, we start to undergo transformation. The breath begins to transform the emotional charge and it starts to balance out the excess emotion. And it also starts to quiet the mind. So the witness consciousness helps us to be a neutral observer to our reactive self. And over time, um, we can really, really train ourselves how to stabilize the reactionary currents. Yeah, Marisha, it's also a form of non-attachment. So it's part of being observing, feeling, knowing, but not necessarily losing our balance and taking anything too seriously that would take us away from the fact that it's just an experience and we're going to move through it. So, yes, transformation then starts with the individual. It ripples from the center. It reaches other people of the collective. And this is the realization of harmony and balance. And it's possible because, actually, you say in the book, and this is the truth, we are all one heart. So I want Mm. to thank you, Marisha. Ducharm, author of The Way Home to Love, for sharing how to honor all faiths and traditions and your unaltering dedication to spiritual and humanitarian work for fostering harmony, healing, and unity for self, individuals, and a collective awareness of our unique spiritual gifts. To purchase this well-conceived and well-delivered book and to find out how to rekindle the spirit of peace within, go to marishaducharm.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have seen that Marisha's sanctuary 
created for fourfold purposes. First, to inspire participants in the ways of healing the body, mind, and spirit. And secondly, to guide each person to live with awareness and kindness. And thirdly, to create a special place to experience one's own soul, which ultimately leads to the fourth purpose, the realization that one's power to be a healthy and peaceful person extends to all aspects of their life. Marisha wrote a most beautiful and truthful realization through her path to love. She wrote, It is not necessary to subscribe to a formal religion. It is not necessary to believe in God. It is not necessary to change your faith. Inquire into your own real nature and believe in yourself. Loving awareness of oneself and others will reveal to you that which you already are. There is no place to go. You are already home. There is nothing to do. You are already what you seek. Take heart and meet every obstruction within yourself that you throw in front of the flow of love. You have the power to dissolve these obstructions, clear the path, and flow in life with love. Marisha and I would have you discover that beyond any shame, blame, and any type of suffering, fear, or negative emotion, we each have the power within our soul connection to spirit to make choices to love and honor ourselves and others. It simply means awakening to the truth of your unique divine energetic life and to know yourself as love. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website to connect to these infinite sources, authors of wisdom and love through the experiences and insights of worldwide seekers of higher awareness and consciousness and to know our true human and divine gifts. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.